Good evening, morons, and welcome to the second edition of Halloween Movies. Uh, this week we have a triple threat on there for you with three scary movies. We have The Strangers, Halloween, and The Descent that we have watched over the last seven days, and we're going to be discussing with you guys tonight. Everyone is here, apart from Sean. Of course, Sean doesn't like to go on the screen. He is the star of the show, the diva. We do forgive him when he does this. Um, but five of us are here, even though four of us are on the screen. Um, if you are watching on live on Twitch or on YouTube, you'll also see that Burnsy's froze for some reason as well. So he is there, but he's just froze with a little side profile on there, guys. Um, He's appealing for a modelling deal, so he's got to do these type of things. Um, but before we jump in and start talking about this uh, this week's movies, how is everyone doing? What did we think? Did you have a good Halloween? All good. Yeah, it was yeah. Amelia went guys in, and uh, some woman gave her a tenner. A tenner? Believe <laughs> it, a tenner. And her pal, a tenner each. I hope you went back to for a second show with a different costume on. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you have some of the money, too. I know. Well, I, I thought about taking a tax cut off it, but uh, no, I'll let her keep it. <laughs> She's already been bumped clean out of that tenor leg. Absolutely. <laughs> a ten euro buck. Well, listen, so, uh, and I know that Sean's not being out, guys, in any way. He is a little bit tender for you that are listening. Uh, you'll hear it in his voice. He's had a rough, long weekend, haven't you, Sean? It's been a very, very long weekend, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear it. It, so, it. it sounds so deflated. <laughs> it's the absolute last thing he's wanting to do, guys, on a Monday night is come in and talk to you about movies that he doesn't even like because he doesn't like scary films. Correct. Uh, <laughs> correct. So I'm going to assume we get minimal contribution, but we will prompt you as much as we can. Uh, before we go in to talk about the movies for this week, like I said, we watched uh, two scary movies last week. Uh, those were Hocus Pocus and Hereditary. Was that right? Well done. Yeah. Yes. Nailed it. Happy. I've been practising. Still practising. Uh, so Hereditary scored a 1.35, putting it number 70 on the leaderboard. And Hocus Pocus came in at a criminally low 2.4. Uh, sits at 49 on the leaderboard. And I do believe Sean was a victim of some hate for that on our Instagram, wasn't he? Um... A little bit. I would say we actually got a lot more hate for Hereditary. Um, a lot of people don't like that for some reason, and folk were fucking going mental in the comments. It was probably the most, that's the most comments we've ever had on our post, because people thinking, I, I don't get it, I don't know why people like it. Well, that's it. I don't know if he's in the chat just now already or not, but Chris, uh, from what we were watching tonight, I know he went and reviewed it on the back of us slating it, uh, and gave it a different review, we shall say, from what we did. But anyway, we are, we're here to talk about the three movies for this week, and I think The Strangers being the movie that got added in is a really, really good place for us to start. So The Strangers uh, is a movie out in 2008. A young couple staying in an isolated vacation home are terrorised by three unknown assailants. Um, starring Scott Speedman, and I always forget about Scott Speedman as well, so it's quite, quite cool to see him, uh, and Liv Tyler. Who would like to take us away first with this one? Let's go Burnsy, since Burnsy's now like a new enthusiast. <laughs> well, this is interesting, because Burnsy 
horror seems to have been something that's stuck in with you since we've started doing this. Um, we're coming up to a year on the on the line of doing movie club, and horror seems to be something you've always been quite positive about. I'd say that's probably my favourites that we've done so far. Um, it's kind of a bit of a mixture, maybe, with these ones. But um, on the strangers, I think it was Daniel that said that he thought I would really enjoy this one. I don't know if he meant out, like, out of the three as well, but um, no, I thought this was a really good film. Um, I thought some of it was a bit random, um, but that's probably what you're going to get with every kind of horror film. There's not going to be... There was a, it's a really basic storyline, I would say, in terms of just um, being chased about. Obviously, maybe not the mask, but in terms of people chasing you about in the house and it being a, such, being a chase throughout the film. Um, I thought that... Um, I thought uh, James, the... Uh, the main character's husband is that at the start I thought he came across a bit strange, and then at the very beginning, you know how when he just he goes away to get the cigarettes for his wife, I was gonna start it's like he, he must have been blazing and then he's driving about <laughs> cigarettes. That was a bit strange, but anyway, just gloss over that bit. Um, and then I was thinking at the start that he was maybe going to be in on the bit of how the people, the person came to the door. I just thought I got that vibe for him that maybe he was going to be involved in it somehow. Obviously, that didn't lead to anything. It turns out he's just as oblivious to, to what his wife was. Um, I thought Liv Tyler was um, really good throughout the film. Um, I think the bit that was most was probably when she was in the house herself. They built the tension really well, I thought. Um, they used like, loads of different camera angles, I thought, in terms of just to try and... I don't know if it was maybe to just show you how... How like there was not you couldn't obviously see anything in terms of any of the masked people being there. But I thought that was really well done. I think that's maybe the first time I probably noticed that in a film. Um, it was probably I didn't think it was ridiculously scary, but it did scare me at some stages. I think when you saw like the first sighting of the masked man, that I did shit myself that. But um, and how his friend just sort of showed up. Although it was a really minimal thing, you were coming, but. I think it added to it in terms of them two, like, just being that scared that they were just going to shoot in, or he was going to shoot in and move to try and protect him and his wife. Um, the chase was really well done as well throughout it. I thought it was quite interesting. It was edge of your seat stuff. And the ending with Kirsten, um, obviously the two boys came into the house, and when it ends with her scream, you're obviously assuming that she's dead as well. Um, and it was a bit of a twist instead of just everyone dying and then the three people just going away away from the house but no overall I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good um, really good movie it was the other thing I thought was a bit bizarre is I take a note of it is that when he gets turned down for to be Matt his marriage proposal gets turned down for one I was thinking it's a bit of a strange place to ask somebody to marry at somebody else's wedding which I thought was a bit random again <laughs> <laughs> if you said I and then you just go back and it's like oh, we're going to get married to it I think you would be like what What the fuck are you doing <laughs> um, but then he goes when he's sitting in the the loving area and just opens up a tub of ice cream and he's just going to sit and just demolish a one litre tub of ice cream just on sale while his wife's going to get in a bath um, I'm but, laughing at that, Bunsy, because when that happened, I seen that and I thought, ice cream's never that smooth and you whip it straight out of the freezer. Well, you have to wait for it to be a bit of a waste. But I thought it was kind of, it was, it was good in terms, it wasn't just all constant 
scariness. There was like some scenes that were a bit not light hearted for them, but it was light hearted for you to watch. Um, so no, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, I'll see what Sean thinks about it next. Sure, this seems right in there is something that you would have loved anyway with this type of movie. I've seen bits of it before. I, I, I never actually watched it the full way through. Uh, sure. I, I used to be like quite kind of scared there, and that's why I didn't really like follow it through. But obviously, I followed it through this time. And I actually thought it was all right. It's more kind of creepy for me, like with the knocks and stuff like that. Because like, that's my worst nightmare is like, somebody chatting at the door, like just constantly. And you, you're not going who's there. Obviously, I don't be scared when folk chat my door, but <laughs> <laughs> people are just terrorising you, and it's just something so simple as just a knock at the door, just is very, very creepy. Uh, I thought it was well done. Uh, uh, again, with any kind of typical horror films, the decision making for the characters is just fucking so frustrating at times. Like again, in any normal situation, they've obviously got a gun, so there's absolutely no reason why they should be getting like, killed off. They should be able to put an end to it there and then basically just shoot the bad guys. It wasn't as scary. I was anticipating. It is quite kind of creepy. Uh, I, I like the whole kind of wide shots where the, the, the masked guys are standing in the background. I also liked as well how when they took the masks off at the end that you didn't get to see like a full glimpse of their face because I think that would have kind of taken away where they kind of saw that it's better that they don't that you don't get to see their face for me because it just it would make it less creepy and less scary I know you got a glimpse of the last but with a guy you never really seen his, his full face at all uh, but no I, I did actually quite enjoy it uh, uh, and probably should have obviously watched it all the way through before. Uh, because it's a film that Laurie does like as well. I'll probably watch it second. Well, just, I don't know, just, I think Laurie wants to watch it. She's never seen it before, so I'll probably watch the second one with her at some point over the next couple of weeks as well. well. It's interesting you're saying about the decision-making and the gun and stuff, because I thought they, did, they played that bit really well, because he had no idea what he was meant to do with the gun, and he fumbled about with it, and he couldn't quite get it working, and... They stretched it out to show that he was a bit clueless on it. I thought that was quite actually quite well done because that would probably be the situation for us. Like you'd be in there not knowing what to do with this, shiting yourself, never shot a gun before in your life, and he's obviously then panicked and he shot the first thing that's went by. Although in my head I'm thinking at that time, why is why is the pal no shouting? Like James, I'm here. Hello. I think he did the start though, didn't he? From, it was, from the outside and stuff he did, didn't he? And then... uh-huh. Yeah, I tried pulling him then shouted as he walked in the door, but it never really did once he... It wasn't even like he was uh, making himself known in the house. It was like he was tiptoeing around mm-hmm. as well, which was yeah. quite weird. I guess maybe as well, though, is if, if, if you're in that position, though, and you don't hear anything back, you maybe would be shitting yourself and you don't want... Maybe he actually thought somebody was in the house. And that's why he wasn't doing it. Like he was thinking, maybe there has been something that's went on. And it's not just that guy. And I agree with you, but I'm just trying to think. I'm just playing devil's advocate, really. Oh, what you mean? When he pulls up, his Monday gets panned in, and he's carrying uh-huh. things up as well. So I, I, I think he was scared, and that's well, that's what they're trying to play off there is that he's creeping about and he's worried that something's happened. Aye. that was. Anyway. I, I would have. We will spin my fucking car clean out there and left you in that oh, house right. yourselves. Sees later. I'm not getting involved. <laughs> kind of pal I am. Um, for me, this is one of the kind of 
like ultimate scary films though like you're in the middle of nowhere you you're just in this house that you're not even that familiar with and a random is at your door chapping it like if somebody was to chat my door at four in the morning would i fuck be answering it for the first case <laughs> like it just wouldn't no. happen and then it obviously continuously comes back and then that's the type of stuff that freaks me out. The fact that they're stuck in this house, although they've got the house and you feel, should feel safe and comfortable, but actually they're at their weakest because they, these people are surrounding them and playing and toying with them. And it is a big cat and mouse thing the whole time and it's just a game for them. And there's no explanation other than the fact that they answered the door. And for me, again, that's scary about how random it is. It wasn't premeditated that they were going after that specific house. They were just killing somebody that night. And that was what was happening. To me, that's the bit that freaks me out because when you see these horrible like murders and attacks and stuff that happen in the news and it's all just randomly happened in a street and you just happen to be that person that's walked by that's been the victim of it and this is the situation of that. Um, and I knew this was inspired by a true event. So it's not based on a true story, it is inspired. Mm-hmm. Which I knew from the start, which obviously added a little bit more to it because some form of this reality has actually happened and Hunter may go on to this in the trivia a little bit later, but this is someone's reality has had bits of this. Um, And to me, that's a lot scarier than like a slasher movie or like a paranormal movie because this is a plausible thing that can happen to you. But I like Scott Speedman as well, so I was quite happy to see him in a film. I feel like you never see him, but you know who he is. Liv Tyler is always one that I've never really liked in any film, so she she was decent in it. Not my favourite. I know you liked her, Burnsy, but she's uh, I'm not keen on her. She she talks really quiet and like I feel like she blows her words out. So she's like, hey, James, come here. And I'm like, just fucking say your sentence, you idiot. Um, she just irritates me. Um, but this I I was scared through this. This is. If we're, if we're reviewing this on feelings throughout it, and I think storylines with horror films are always really difficult to to, to analyse, but out of the movies that we watched this week, this scared me the most. Yeah. Is probably how I'll go when I come to, come to reviewing it. This scared me more than the other ones. Daniel. Oh, uh- I was going to say, I'll jump in. I like this a lot. I've seen this. Uh, I saw it at the cinema at the time. This was a great experience at the cinema. Mm. Um, I do think that a lot of these horror films we've watched, seen, this is why we should start going to the cinema more before we review some films because it's a totally different experience sometimes for these type of movies, especially. Uh, but no, I think it's good. Um, I, like you've mentioned before, the, the scenes where it looks like there's nothing happening, but then it takes you a little while to focus and then you see something in the background. Like, that's... Again, the cinema experience with that is lots of different people notice it at different times. So you'll get, like, a little gasp somewhere and then it spreads about throughout everybody because we, everyone sees it at different moments. Um, I, it's good. I, think, I just think it's really well done. There's not really a lot of movies like this. I think other movies have tried to build up a similar sort of tension, but you never really see it done well. What's a good example of a bad one? Like Panic Room. You ever seen Panic Room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's so lame compared to that. I mean, that's a, it's a very similar sort of idea. I mean, you're trapped inside, someone's coming to try to get in. I, uh, I, but I, no, I, excellent. 
minimal dialogue in this, which is I think adds to it because it adds and builds that tension. And Panic Room being an example, there's far too much dialogue and story going on in there. Like keep keep it simple. These people are coming to kill you. They're not really giving you a choice. He's a fucked up in every corner. We don't know who they are or why they're there, and that's it. That's it. And the thing is, a lot of horror movies, or just movies in general, try to make it a bit cheesy by having the character talk to themselves and like give themselves little pep talks and all that. This is a lot more realistic. But it feels like something, like you said, that could happen. Obviously, they, I'm, I'm assuming the elements of this that are too are very, very loose, but we'll uh, leave that behind. I like seeing uh, Dennis from Always Sunny come in and get shot by his pal. That was well, good. Not enough Glenn Hilton in this film for me. I know, a little bit more of him would be better for me. But um, I think all the jump scares are very, very good. I think the use of music with the wee record player is brilliant. Um, just adds an extra wee layer of tension. But yeah, it's solid, I would say. Scares you, does its job. It's good. Go on, Hunter, what are you thinking? Yeah, and your trivia. Right, so firstly, I know we've kind of, you kind of touched on it, Kyle, about it being based on the two events, but the true event that it's actually based on happened to the director when he was a child, where they had someone come to the house randomly, as it happens in the film here, knock on the door, ask for someone by a name who didn't stay there, and then they left off into the night. But what happened that night was in the same neighbourhood, where the director stayed, there was a house he's getting broken into that very same evening, so I don't know if it's a weird coincidence or that's what they were doing, they were just chatting the door or whatever, but that's what it is. Now, I know it kind of sort of alluded to something again at the start of this, where the whole of this was like a, making it like it was almost like an FBI kind of crime file that was being investigated, but I think I did read something else as well, that was then again also based on a set of murders from the 1971, I think it was, or 81, that were left unsolved. So it's kind of, I think it's kind of took the two ideas and then obviously sort of over-dramatised them for cinematic effect. Um, what I do notice as well, which I did think quite weird because you never really see movies made this way. It was actually shot in chronological order. Nice. You know, usually they will kind of, if they're on location, they'll film what needs to get filmed here and then they move somewhere else and then film. But that's what, because they built the house on stage, or the inside of the house, and they were able to shoot it kind of all in chronological order. Mmm, I like that. But for the film as itself, for me, I did feel a bit kind of let down with it. You know, I know I've kind of touched on this before, but I don't really scare that much as well. I would have probably found, if this was based on something real, like everything that happened did start to finish, and it was a. I find knowing the true facts probably a bit more scary than kind of. Mm having them played out. No, I think knowing that it's fiction kind of takes a bit away from me. I would like, I've said it before, I would like to experience something like this in the cinema. I think I'll maybe enjoy it a lot more. Um, as I said, kind of, we're kind of going to touch on this with one of the other films, but when you see the characters, you see that standing there, I think because it's kind of, it's already been done, I think, too many times. Obviously, one of the films we're going to touch on is probably the, the benchmark for it. But I just kind of, I wasn't really grasped in, I wasn't really taken into the film at all, I wasn't on the edge of my seat, I wasn't, didn't find my heart racing at all, I just kind of was waiting for something big to happen, and I know for others that something did, but I just wasn't really grasped into it by it at all. It's weird, it's interesting, because I think I'm the opposite to you, Hunter, like I'm, I'm constantly, I was constantly like, 
not sweating, but like hiding behind my hands a little bit to what was coming because I'm, I'm like, that to me is like that the ultimate scary part is somebody being in the distance watching you, knowing more about what's going to happen than you. And then the longer that drags out for me, the more tension it builds. And you mentioned a film we're going to talk about shortly that that does does do that perfectly. Um, much scarier than having someone jump out of a cave, which we'll touch on in a wee minute anyway. Mm-hmm. For me as well, I was just going to add when you said that, because I think it depends on... See, I watched this film first, and I think because I watched them all in a short, fairly, fairly short period of time, then when it came to watching the last of the three, as I kind of thought, like, I didn't find that as scary, but maybe it's because I've just watched, like, two horror films, like, before it, or supposed horror films, so then it doesn't have the same effect because you're sort of anticipating more things that are going to happen, whereas if you watched a horror film just... One month after you watched the previous one, I think you'd probably find it a bit worse. That may just be me, but that's how I found it. That I found this one more scary, but this was probably the first one. This was the first one I watched out of the three, too. Well, Sean, the expert in horror, so what's his thoughts on that? Now, what's your scare score? My scare scores. Do you know that? I've I've already seen it, like, probably for five minutes or so. Well, I kind of knew, like, what direction it was going in and stuff like that. I would probably give it a 5 out of 10 on my scare score. However, watching it for the first time, it would be completely different. Mm. Do you know, I think, just thinking about Burnsy's thoughts, there wasn't a baby and there wasn't a third person in the love triangle, so it's probably ruined <laughs> yeah. it a bit for Burnsy. I was going to mention this when we go on to our next film. I'm assuming that's the one we're going to do next anyway. Burnsy's for the full love triangle and fucking all that yeah. shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I think we've covered we've covered really the, the strangers. I, I I would give a I watch it. It does give you fear, builds anticipation a lot. It's intense, man. It is intense. Um, I was lights off, really loud. Get this on. Getting it, try to have that cinematic experience with this, and I, I shot myself the way through it, and I, I've got like quite a lot of windows down the stairs as well. It was like, the way that my telly's set up, it glares into a side window that bit kind of reflects off in my shed and looks at the back window. And every time something flashed, I'd shat myself because I could see it out of my peripherals. I'm like, fuck, what was that? <laughs> if somebody had come and chapped my door at midnight that night, I would have been fucking beelined at the back door <laughs> halfway down the street. If you actually live closer to us, then we, we could have probably done that considering what you were mentioning at the time, saying how worried you were in that. When we were talking there, I was thinking, I'm, I'm going to go to Sean's house randomly at like three in the morning and they just chap his door. I'm, I'm only two minutes away. I can actually do that. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's what you should do. Just randomly, Daniel, just he used to be door a chap. You need to get in the, in the buzzard access thing first, so it's, it's going to be a nice surprise when I buzz you in, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will let me in, don't worry. <laughs> Oh jeez, right. Well, let's get on and get re- get giving it some scores, guys. What about Insta to start with? Um, so that obviously this one didn't win the vote, and it's been in a few times and never won a vote. And so it was the least popular when it came to the scores. Not very many people scored it, um, but it got an average of a three overall, so it was just above average. An average of a three. Then Burnsy, what was your thoughts on the score? Um. I'm going to give it a four. Um, 
I think it was just the only reason why it didn't score. I did really like it, but it just didn't scare me enough. That's the reason why it's not not any higher. But I thought it was, thought it was really really well done. Happy days, <coughs> Sean. Uh, I'm just going to give it a three out of five. Three out of five, Hunter. Um, far from the worst film we've ever watched, but again, still far from the best. So a two out of five for me. Two out of five, Daniel. Uh, I like this uh, 3.5 overall for me. <clears throat> 3.5. And I'm going to score it the highest that everybody and give it a 4.25. Which obviously is high when you think of the other movies that we've scored. But just based on what the movie done for me during that experience, ticked all the box. I didn't really have much faults for it. Get Liv Tyler out and puts anybody else in it would be a little bit higher. <laughs> uh, Bunsy, what would that give it overall? Overall, that's a 3.35. <clears throat> a 3.35 then coming in for The Strangers, uh, which is higher. I thought horror films didn't typically go that high. It puts it joint 29th with Battle Royale. Is that the highest horror movie? Is Nightmare on Elm Street still above it? Nightmare on Elm Street still sitting a little bit higher at 3.7, which is 22nd on our list. So, yeah, I think that's a, a, a very respectable score for The Strangers. So, next movie I want to jump into. I don't want to go into Halloween yet because I think we've started off a good movie. Let's get the shite out of the way and then let's get into the Halloween after. So, let's go into The Descent. <laughs> I think I slid that in there, a little thoughts on it. Uh, the Descent is a caving expedition goes horribly wrong as the explorers become trapped and ultimately pursued by a strange breed of predators so it's got 7.2 on imdb out in 2005 daniel you come in and give us your thoughts on this british british horror movie um i was kind of going to go last because i think you're going to be surprised but i i fucking i think this is excellent like this i really like this um I've got I've got a funny feeling now from what you are saying that I'm going to be the only one. I thought you would all like this as well, but no, I think this is uh, I just don't know. There's something about this that I've just always liked. Again, I saw this at the cinema the first time. I think it's scary enough without the monsters anyway. Just like the sea being stuck in the holes and like the way they build the claustrophobia, and even before you know there's anything that can get them down there, there's still like plenty of jump scares and. Even just the car accident at the start gets you fucking jumping out your seat. Um, I think this does a lot for... So we constantly shit on things like Ghostbusters, the female reboot, and like when they put... When they take a thing that was traditionally done by a man and just replace them all with women, as like Ocean's... The Ocean's Mm. movies, and stuff like that. That's a great example of why you should just give women an original and let them be in it. So it's like, oh, there's no males, no predominant males in this cast at all. And the women are all fucking badasses. I know some of their personalities are quite annoying and all that, right? But they're all fucking badasses. Like, see when they're hanging, hanging for the top when they've got to go out and the women's got to put the rope through to get across. And she's mm-hmm. like hanging on and hanging on and screaming. And they show that scene for like a good three or four minutes. It's fucking awesome. Like, you feel like she's going to fall at any moment. Um... I know that a lot of you are going to shit on the monsters, but I think it's a cool concept to something that's evolved. See, when you watch like a David Amber documentary about like lizards that have evolved in a cave, mm-hmm. that's what they look like. And I think if a human had evolved to just live underground in a cave, it would totally look so similar that I've evolved in a similar way. 
But yeah, aye, it's, I, I don't know why. It is. There's something about this. I understand maybe why he's going to shit in it a wee bit. But uh, <laughs> it's awesome. I get builds up tension well. I think it's creepy. I think it's claustrophobic. I think it's got enough twists in it to keep you interested. Uh, and it's a good, solid representation of women. There you go. I'll, shit in it. I'll, I'll, get, I'll go and sprinkle shit throughout this so and let everybody come in at different points. So, for me, this is like a good movie for an hour. And then the monsters come in. And cl- being claustrophobic and stuff is something that scares a living daylights out of me. Like, that's fucking terrifying. And this builds up a lot of that tension. Chris has just put in the chat there saying, definitely my favourite of the three for this week. I'm on the descent. Oh dear God. Chris, you need to review the descent then. Because <laughs> it's going to be different from what I'm going to say here. Um, so, if I, if I take a section by section, right, I thought that the, the women were all shite in terms of their acting ability. <laughs> I thought the, sto- the, the dialogue and the conversations were so poor that I was so distracted with how shit I felt they were in the acting side of it that it annoyed me I'm like right let's just get to the scary parts now because you guys I need you to stop talking like stop communicating with each other because this is frustrating um, I did shit myself at the car the car accident that was freaky as anything I was watching the film originally with Caden and Sarah at the time and that happened they both literally just got up and went to bed and left me they were like I'm not watching this if it's going to be like something like this all the way through Um the going through the caves and all that kind of stuff had me sitting behind my pillow because it was it was making me really, really anxious and I could feel my heart racing and stuff through this because it terrifies me that. Um, and then I'll start talking about the monsters and stuff a little bit later on, but I'm going to let someone else come in just now. I'll jump in because I am going to resurrect the Dunt of Alliance. I fucking enjoyed this film a lot. <laughs> yes, come on! Now, kind of similar to what Daniel has said, literally, I, first of all, it hits you right in the fucking face with, literally, no pun intended, with that car crash. (laughs) (laughs) And then, obviously, the tension, obviously, so you know this woman has lost her husband and her child, and in the background, one of her supposed best pals has obviously been been getting popped off the husband too. So the tension, this tension between the characters started building from there. And then it's like everyone else is in on the secret. But it's like she doesn't know, like no one's told her or she has told her. And she's just keeping quiet about it. She's keeping faith. She's going to get a revenge one way or another. Obviously, she doesn't envisage maybe how this trip is going to play out the way it did. But then as you go in... And you've got Juno, she's obviously feeding off the egos doing the whole, giving it, like, oh, she wasn't the only one that lost stuff in that car. She's getting, making everything all about her. She needs to be the macho. She's the lead. She's taking them on this trip. And then, as you said, once they go down and they're in and they're lost and then it all starts building up for you. So, again, you feel trapped. You feel, you feel like you're almost within the caves with them at a time. You can't breathe, struggling for breathing. My heart was racing going through this bit. And then... With it builds up to the monsters, I mean, they weren't the scariest, but at times when you just sort of see them and they just randomly appeared, you kind of got a jump. I mean, they went, once you start getting the close-ups of the faces or whatever, they're not the most scariest of things. But it's quite interesting with some of the trivia I did read, it was kind of based on like, what would a, how would a human evolve, essentially, if they were put in a cave? And essentially, it's kind of 
almost bat-like tendencies. I've almost been blinded with this, like, essentially using high-pitched hearing to can see where they're going. So obviously, then obviously there was all the bats at the start of the film as well. So it kind of I lead it off into that. And what I did as well, so Shauna, who plays Sarah, actually was very claustrophobic, so she didn't find that her acting during some of these scenes hard at all because she's naturally claustrophobic. Genuinely shaking herself. The, uh, the neon light sticks, which they were using as uh, glow torches, uh, were actually purchased from an adult toy shop. Uh-huh. Uh, I wonder what they looked like in a close up. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, it's fucking hell. This is too good. That's, that's the name for the podcast this week, Kyle. Thankfully. <laughs> I'm going to write that down the row. And an interesting uh, tidbit was um, all six main characters are all born in six different countries. Wow. There you go. A, a, little, a little light-hearted bit of... Fun there. I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I'm shocked that so far there's been two out of the three of us that has been all over. I think this is great because I just felt like I don't know. I just felt like the, it dragged on, and I, I was not after like the monsters came out, and then it's the the camera work was like gave me a scared heat trying to keep up with it because it was jumping out of place, and I was so confused and I couldn't quite keep up with what, what was happening, who was who. I was, I was, because I wasn't invested in any of the actresses that were playing the characters, I, I was like, what one was that again? That, am I supposed to like her? Was she the twat? Uh, I was probably just because you weren't invested in it. I think it was that it wasn't difficult to follow. I don't for that point of view, but I can see why if you weren't enjoying it, you'd probably just be like, because it was jumping for the different groups all over the place, but... That, I guess that was needed though, because otherwise, if it's their own, you could just go like show you their full journey, then jump back <laughs> to the other group's full journey, because that would just be stupid as well. I mean, I more need- in the sense of the, the camera work. The camera work was like shaky, bouncing, spinning. I, that I, I'm like, no, let let me see what's going on. Let me get let me get scared. Let me get invested, or let me understand a little bit better. And maybe it was just a bit too fast paced for me in that sense. Then. I want to hear Barnsley's thoughts. <laughs> um, I think I'm kind of in the middle. Um, there's bits of all three that I've said so far that I agree with. Um, I think, like, I've never well, I've never been in a position of being in their kind of position of getting claustrophobic or that, but it would it would scare me, I know, if, it, if that did happen to you. Um, like, I... One of the first bits I found scary was when the ravens just like jumped out of the cave at the very start. I jumped at my seat at that point. I think it was it wasn't something that was meant to obviously maybe meant to scare you, but just because it came out of nowhere and you weren't expecting it. Um, but like the, I just find it more gruesome than scary a lot of the time. Like the leg break when was gruesome, but then similar to sort of Kelly, the first half of it before the. Monsters came in. I enjoyed that bit, and then when the monsters first came in at the very start, like the first sight of them, was quite scary. But then, then the ones that were involved over and over again, it just kind of, it made you sort of not feel as scared because you know what they could do. You kind of knew what was going to happen. You sort of seen them eating like people, like going into their throat and killing them. So I think once that's happened once, it doesn't have the same effect on you when it happens with various other people. Um, I don't think the acting was like overly impressive, but I think it was 
overly awful either. Um, but you didn't really feel that invested in any of the characters. I thought the only one that I felt invested in was Sarah, and I thought the one that um, played Juno, she was really good in it. Um, it was the when when Beth gets killed by her best friend. I thought that was quite a good moment to add in because it was like she was putting out her misery and you sort of could see the emotion between the both of them. But as I say, so the once the cross came into it and were I don't know if it would have been better if they were if it was further towards the end, it may have enjoyed made me enjoy it a bit more. Instead of being sort of bang in the middle, middle to end was all about them chasing them and trying to kill them. Um, the other thing that you'd I think you mentioned it on the stream last week, Daniel, about how the there was two different endings for the UK and the US ones. I don't know if you mentioned the stream or two mm-hmm. separately, but I thought the the UK ending was definitely better than the American one because the American one was basically they just she get Sarah gets out and she lives happily ever after. That was just stupid. Whereas <laughs> the fact it was all a, sorry, go on. Yeah, I, the bit where it ends up all being a dream before she wakes up. Yeah. That's, well, it just ends there. That's it. I did think that was quite a clever ending, though. It goes back and then she's she's like, I did. Oh. If I was to take some plus points for it, I enjoyed that part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, I did know about the, the multiple endings, so I did. I could work out when it would have been cut and put on. And the scene where um, she swings her little pickaxe around and accidentally sticks it through her pal's neck was an absolute belter. Mm-hmm. Nice. Like, was great I wasn't even sure if that was actually. Was it really unintentional? I don't know. Well, I, I, took, I took it fully as accidentally. Like she's in a panic and a in a mad flurry and a rage swings round and just sticks it clean through her neck. And I was because that was kind of similar to that scene in the Strangers where the guy just shoots his best pal in the head. That's it. When you're in that situation, any sudden movement or behind you, you're just going to react to it because you don't know who or what it'll be. Hmm. I think it was. It was. It was the way it was set out was as if it was a complete accident. It was only because, obviously, what you see after it, and you want me to talk about this, so I will, where they talk, where she ends up getting the, where she ends up admitting to a pal that she's obviously been having an affair. Because of that bit, made you think, is she just doing that because she knows and doesn't want to see it coming out or something like that? Um, but it was decent, but um, I, I think it was just middle of the road for me, really. There was... It was just it could have been it could have been a lot better than what it was. So I think similar to Hunter when he was talking about the strangers, I just sort of felt a bit let down when it got to the end because it could have been a lot more a lot better film and a lot maybe scarier if they'd done it better and maybe um, there was more put towards them. Obviously they, caught, they were constantly trying to get out of the cave, but instead of having uh, the monsters there for half the film, it could have maybe had more of them trying to get out instead of just avoiding the monsters for half the film and trying to get out. Um, it just seemed a bit awful for me with that bit. I do agree, actually. Like That's where the one negative of this for me is I think there should have been an extra half hour before you saw any of the monsters. That would be, I agree in that aspect of it. That's why it's not going to get maybe as high a score as you might think from a description. That's good. It sounds like I've up Kyle's score and downgraded you, so I'm happy with my... <laughs> yeah, influencer Sean. What was your thoughts? This must have been right up your street. I liked it. What? Uh, I've got it on DVD. Now. <laughs> right, I'm ending the stream now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's been years and years and years since I've seen it, uh, which was, and, and there wasn't really much that I can that I could remember of it. But uh, no, I, I, I thought it was quite good. Again, just kind of 
it's already been said, half the stuff anyway, but with uh, the idea of being stuck in a cave is terrifying yeah, and stuff like that. I think that, uh, like, a lot of it is, like, shot in darkness and, like, kind of, obviously because they are stuck in a cave, so that, I like that, that you couldn't really tell what was going on in all of the scenes because it was so dark and the way that the, the, uh, the camera was shooting it and stuff. I think that added to, like, the panicky being stuck in a cave. The, the monster thing... They were more kind of creepy looking things. Like, I, I wasn't really scared about it. There was a few jump bits, as you've already, already kind of touched on. Uh, but I actually quite liked it. Eh? Uh, and the ending I thought was really good. I, I went and Googled the, uh, the other ending. I knew that Daniel had mentioned it before. I, I, I don't understand why, America, why the Americans felt they need to change it. I don't think... I was expecting it to be an absolute brutal ending that would have been like really harsh to show and things like that. But... She just wakes up and it's and she's just been hallucinating that she'd escaped. So I don't really understand why they changed that. Uh, I'm sure like there's a thing with American audiences that they get very low satisfaction scores when there's not like a happy ending. Like even in a horror film, they expect like the good guys to get away, sort of thing. Oh, for and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and all that. Because there's a sequel, the sequel carries on exactly where the American like that American ending. Finishes. So like, I watched. Like, oh, you, you said uh, when you didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't have a fucking clue. So I, I watched it and then I thought, oh, it's going to start off with another dream sequence. This is quite cool. And then it just kept going and going and going. And then it turned <laughs> in the American sequel, she's got amnesia and they make her go back down into the cave again to like jog her memory. It's fucking stupid. And then there's a creepy old guy that's been feeding the things in the cave for years. It's fucking shite. That sounds awful. I just no, think, no, for, no, no. like, if you want to cheat, like, for me to enjoy this a little bit more, it would have been a little bit longer spent on the claustrophobic side of them being lost. Maybe having one, potentially two of the monsters that, not even brutally, like, I don't want the brutal, the brutal killer at that point. Just, just take them. Like the, the monster comes and takes one away and then they find they're dead as they, as they go through the cave. To me, that had to be a little bit more scary and built up the monsters to be a more to, like a more frightening bit at the end when but then have them all have them all be killed by it would have, for me would have been better. Once it started like tearing out their necks and their stomachs and all that kind of stuff, I was a bit like, Oh, alright. This isn't that scary. Mm-hmm. It was quite gory, like really that. I'm not a big fan of like like gory films and this was quite gory that's probably the only kind of downside for me that's just a personal thing for me uh, other people won't, won't really mind about that but uh, I don't really understand the issue obviously you've mentioned there Kyle about, about the monsters it's part of the film do you know what I mean it's, I know it's kind of like in two halves with the cross stuff and then it's monsters but they're there for a reason yeah no I get that I just think from, from my experience of it though what I'm saying is that I had that tension build throughout me and the fear kicking in throughout me until the monsters came into it then it went away then it was like oh. oh right I feel a bit easier now watching this if they'd continued more like have one of them get stuck die at that point would have been a more fearful experience than watching it get their neck ripped apart oh Daniel's been f- introduced by a little cat there <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of evil little creatures a cat's popped up on the screen how ironic is that eh he knows you've been talking. I'm sure, I'm sure Daniel said last week it was going to bring one of the cats on the stream, actually, next yeah. week. 
Aye, man, he just came on himself. Now I've just got a big tail in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hunter, do you have any more, uh, any more trivia that you've seen in there? Um, what I was kind of weird because when, when I was watching this film, I was thinking I'd score 28 days later too high because I think this film caught me in the way that I maybe think that 28 days later, maybe first, the, the first time I watched it. And on Google my trivia, I found out that the young crawler actually played a young zombie in 28 Days Later. Oh, thanks. Wow. <laughs> right. Sadly, no more adult toy shop based trivia, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so, just uh, PM me the, the shop details over. What we <laughs> but going the dark dildos is better than uh, Sean being scared when his door gets chapped. It's such a for sponsorship. Surely there's a glow in the dark company that will sponsor us. <laughs> well, listen, Daniel, you can give it a personal experience on, on how you got on with them. Uh, <laughs> what did Instagram have to say about this one then, Daniel? Uh, this one again got quite mixed scores. The cat's on top of my notes, so I can't see. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this got a 3.25 average overall on Instagram. Some people really enjoyed it. Some people very much disliked it. So much like us. I'm going to presume one of them was Chris giving it a five based on what he said in the chat. Uh, not quite a five, but he did give it a good score. No, oh, shocking. Right, Daniel, you started us off. You to give us a way with your first score then, please. Uh, yeah, I've got a soft spot for this. I very much enjoy it. I think it's good for a low-budget British movie. Uh, I'll give it a four. A four? Well, I'm going to cut that in half and give it a two. Hunter? 3.75 for me. 3.75. Sean? Uh, 3.25 for me. 3.25. Burnsy? Uh, I'm going to give it a, a 2.5. I sort of touched on it. It was just average. A 2.5. I see. I bet you thought I was going to get a lot, a lot lower than that. I thought Dad was going to give it a lot lower as well when he said the score surprised me comes out with a 4 rating right <laughs> Maybe thought everybody was going to hate it. Aye. Um, overall, that's a 3.1 for this one. A 3.1, so below the strangers. This comes in joint, joint 34th with Cornier. Cornier. That's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, quite, I'm quite happy that people enjoyed this because this is one that I've campaigned for for quite a while. Oh, you go. Maybe it's something I'll watch again in the future, but not not for me. Not for me. Okay, on to the finale of this week. The daddy of Halloween movies called Halloween. So I'll read out the blurb on here. I'm sure everybody knows what this film is about. Uh, it came out in 1978. It's 15 <coughs> years after murdering his sister on Halloween night in 1963. Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois to kill again. Hunter, I'm going to come to you first. Right. Do you know this is, I believe, I think this is the first time I've actually watched this one. I think I've watched the many of the sequels and remakes and whatever. Just constantly watching H2O. I think so. I think that was probably the first one I remember watching. But I I enjoyed it um, for what it is. I mean, you've kind of got to be a bit realistic. You know, going back and reviewing a film that's 
but over 40 years old essentially like so with regards to effects and stuff like that you've kind of got to take a lot of stuff with a pinch of salt but I just find uh, I mean I like the fact that it gives you a bit of origin into Mike Myers himself but I think obviously because I've watched so many of the later films over the years that none of that's unless it has been touched on and I just can't remember but it was nice that to have that even though you realise that his background is he's just a little creepy murdering bastard essentially you just want to pump his sister Oh, pretty much. But uh, one, of, one of the bits of trivia that I did find was they wanted to make um, a character that no one found relatable and you've got to be the, the absolute dregs of society if you've got to find anything relatable in his character at all. <laughs> Fuck, aye. Uh, you definitely will be, definitely will be. But I just find, I know we kind of touched on it with the strangers about how you just think with the tension or the scariness you would feel we just seen a period, but I think Halloween, I think, set the benchmark for that. We're just having, like, looking at the window, and there's just, like, Mike Myers across the street, or just driving past the car. You don't really get to see him. He's just there, and then you look away, you turn around, and he's, he's, he's away again. And even for somebody who can appear somewhere and then disappear so very quickly, one <laughs> thing I did find fascinating when reading the trivia is not only does he never speak in the movie, he also never runs. Mm. You only ever kind of see him walking, or he's just there. Yeah. Uh, I did find that um, very, very kind of. I, as I said, this is, I think, what every horror film has been working to towards since. It's a, it's a gold standard, I think, in just creating the tension and the build up of the character throughout the film. You just keep it when not having him there constantly definitely adds to it a lot. I wonder how much screen time he actually has on screen. I don't know if you've got that, Hunter, because it, oh, no, no. he's very, very minimal that you see him and then it pops up yeah. and you shite yourself, but you know that that scare's coming. And what I think is like the magic, magic of this, that you know fine well that the music's going to get a little bit more tense, mm-hmm. it's going to get slightly louder, and bam, you're going to see him on the screen, but you still shite yourself anyway. And I touched on about the strangers, about that whole concept of that being really scary to me and this is based on, again, this type of movie growing up watching that, having that one guy just preying on you, you, you again, no reasons why you're not understanding anything, there's no voice, no talks, um, and you know you know it's coming as well, which uh, for me, like I was still literally jumping at points of this, it's been that long since I've seen it, so when he, when he flew out of the door and knifed that boy into the wall, um, or in the cupboard or whatever, shat my pants. He comes flying out of that door, absolutely crapped it, because he doesn't move with any type of speed, and then he flies out a door. Um, but you knew, again, you knew it was coming, and it still made it scary. And it's it's, it's interesting watching it as well, because I can't remember Jamie Lee Curtis for any other movies than the later versions of this. Um, so when you see her as well, she's that type of character that she, she could look 18, but she could also look 40. At the point where she's in this film, oh, she, definitely, she definitely looks forty. She doesn't. Alright, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> she just looks forty for forty years. That's it. She oh. never looks eighteen or forty. Just the constant forty. Full head of grey hair. We're expected to believe she's babysitting all this. <laughs> I wonder how old she was when it came out. Actually, she was twenty. No, she I was. When they started shooting, when it's when they started shooting, she was the only teenager in the cast. Apart from the, the, 
<laughs> so she, the youngest, the youngest duty that lot, and we're slagging her off for her grace. <laughs> Bonzi, what was your thoughts on this? Was this the first time you'd seen it? Uh, yeah, I think this is the first time I'd seen it. Um, when I mentioned earlier how this was the last one that I watched, I only watched this one today, and I think I sort of struggled with this one a wee bit just because, I think partly because it was the last of the three that I'd watched. I think if I'd watched this one first, I would have maybe been a bit more scared of it. Um, because The Strangers is sort of kind of a wee bit based on it in terms of the obviously like appearing in the background to start with. So once I'd watched that and you sort of had an idea of how it's going to, the same kind of ideas is going to be throughout this. So I think it lost its scariness for me a wee bit because of that. Whereas I think if I'd watched another round, it would have would have worked off opposite way. Um, I thought it was quite fast paced throughout it. Um, they, I think it, it seemed as if as well that the I was about 45 minutes in and all you'd sort of seen so far was how Michael was like a creeping form people around. So to me, it could have been better if there was maybe that was a bit shorter and the ending seemed a bit rushed. Um, whereas that can all happen when the space of 20 minutes when he goes to the house and starts killing the husband and the wife and then goes across the road. That seemed as if that was to me was, was too rushed. Um, I thought it, in terms of because it's that, that old though, um, the film... It does hold up in terms of time. Um, there was obviously various points where, where you are scared, like uh, you said, Kel, when he comes when he comes at the kitchen, just uh, knifes the guy there. Um, what else did I think? I'm just just, like, just to jump in there, the, the only non-scary but fucking hilarious bit is when he comes through with the sheet air he's heat. Forgot all about that. Um, and I think similar to how um, I think it was Sean that touched on about the strangers, how it was like when they're knocking on the door, similar to there, how they were the doors were just opening and creaking, and that was something so simple again. And you can imagine that if you were in the position of any of the characters in there, like if one of my doors just like gently opened the room started squeaking, mm-hmm. then if I because I've just watched this, I would shit myself because of, and that's all because of that film. So um, I like how like something so simple just. Um, can be so scary. It was quite a simple plot um, because it was just a creep just going about and wanting to kill people, but I think that worked quite well, whereas um, probably similar to a lot of horror films, it doesn't need to be a plot, it just needs to be something that's simple, scares you. Um, and as I touched before, I think it was more just that it seemed as if either they needed to either extend the film to maybe like an extra half hour or cut down the say first 45 minutes into 30 minutes and extend the ending a wee bit too. Um, so I guess similar to the previous film um, that we just reviewed, it was like, it was probably, it was it was decent, but again, it was kind of something, I think because as well that it's something that I'd never watched and I was expecting it to be an absolute classic, then I felt a kind of bit let down at the end about it. There was various good points, but I was expe- maybe I was just expecting, my expectations were a bit too high going into it. Um, I'll see what Daniel thinks about it now. Uh, I think what you said is kind of what I expected. This is one of those that, for me, I like this because of the nostalgia of watching this as a kid, and it was like, this was a big, this and Nightmare on Elm Street and similar movies of the time got me into horror movies. So when I watch this back, I'm sort of, you look at the back of it, but it's a weird movie to say this about, I'm looking back and 
Halloween with the joy of a child. But, um, <laughs> that's it. But no, so I do sort of get the shortcomings of it, but like Hunter said, it's, it's 40 years old. You've got to understand what I did on such a small budget. Um, I think this sort of sets the standard for, like Hunter said, like this has been... Every single movie since this is trying to do something similar to this. Like, like we just saw with The Strangers, it's sort of taking the exact same techniques for this movie. And I think this is why this is so highly regarded. It's uh, introduced so many of those techniques and that are still used now in almost every single horror film. But yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's a basic story, but everybody knows it. And I think the simplicity of it is why this is so successful. I mean, you can speak to anybody worldwide. They know who Michael Myers is. They know that he was going back to... You know that he murdered his sister. And, like, even in the latest one, like, I've not watched it yet, but apparently people move into his old house. Well, you know that you're going to get killed if you move into Michael Myers' house. That's just the fucking end of it. Do you know I mean? <laughs> I think that's a, a testament to how good this is, is that it's lasted for 40 years, and people are still interested in sequels and new add-ons and new add-ons all the time. Um, obviously there's bits in this that don't quite add up I don't want to quite uh, jump in in your Sibia but in case you, you might have this one Hunter but you, you probably noticed that this is looks like the height of summer when they filmed this like the trees are yes, all yes I've actually got that there so I filmed <laughs> in the spring and the top oh, actually, I don't want you on that as well was you notice that basically like, there's that one scene where the boy falls over where he's got the pumpkin in his hand and he gets tipped up at the school and they also allude to making jack o lanterns several other times throughout the film, but you never actually see them. And it's because it was to do with the time of year it was filmed, they couldn't source pumpkins, or I think that one pumpkin must have been the only one they had. <laughs> <laughs> like, they scatter leaves everywhere, so it's like, it's clearly there's no leaves falling off the trees, but there's dead leaves in every single scene all over the ground. But uh, I think what they did in the budget, obviously, I'm, I'm going to jump in again, because this is one of my favourite bits of movie trivia, Hunter, so hopefully you've got more. But uh, do you know who the mask is of? Like, what the mask is? Yeah, I, I do, yeah. Yeah. Bunsy won't know who William Shatner is. <laughs> Share with the masses and educate Daniel. Uh, yeah, so William Shatner mask is what they used for this, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, it always comes up in pub quizzes, that. That's the classic pub quiz question. But uh, I've got a feeling that Sean's going to shite on this a wee bit, so I want to hear what he's got to say. <laughs> I'm not going to shite on it uh, that much. There's like, obviously, like it is the benchmark for horror films in it, and or this, the, the kind of wide shots that we spoke about in The Strangers, this basically came for, for Halloween. It's just, I've just kind of seen it that many times that it, it's just. <laughs> I think you watch this every year. Uh, although me and Laurie did get the chance to go to the pictures to see it. They did go dinner. I don't know if it was a new Halloween out. I can't remember the reason or if it was an anniversary. Of, uh, it might have been that. Maybe back in 2018 or something. Uh, anyway, but it, 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 was, it was really good watching it at the cinema. Uh, but it's, just, it's probably the most watched horror film for me uh, that, that I've seen. Uh, she likes to watch it every Halloween and stuff like that. She absolutely loves it, but... That's again. It's just kind of when it came up that we were watching, it was a bit kind of disappointing because I would have rather have kind of watched something that I'd maybe not seen before. And again, this is probably one of the films that I've seen that many times, certainly horror-wise. But it is good. It is builds it with there and stuff like that. There's not much violence in it, which is weird for a horror film. But it is just all about 
you know what I mean? They'll, they, they kind of wide shots and make miles, and the, the music is well, really built everything up. So you don't really need that much violence in it. But that's just probably as much shit on it as I, as I can. It's just saying that I'm just a bit tired of watching it every year. Might start watching like just the next ones, like Halloween two and three and all that. Well, if you want to go through the the actual franchise itself, the one that came out on the 15th of October this year was the 12th movie of Halloween. And they have got one coming next for next October called Halloween Ends, which hopefully will be the last one that they keep making of this, because that will be 13 movies based off of Mike Myers. The The way that it works is you've got the first one, the second one, and then you've got last year's new one, this year's one, and then next year's one. That's meant to be the like the actual canon story that you follow. So there you go. So you don't have to watch all fucking 13. There's some I've even heard that, like, I knew I was Halloween 1, Halloween 2, then Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Don't watch that. It's, it's nothing to do with... Mike Myers isn't even in it. It's just like a completely different movie about witches. And then you've got Sorry. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, Halloween 6... The curse of Michael Myers. Then it's H. Then H2O kicks in, which is like the most memorable one for me because I'd have been eleven when that came out, so it'd have been quite cool to see. So uh, it's never ending. Like they could make a hundred of these films because it's literally just overalls and a mask. Like aging doesn't really matter. You can continue it in any time setting. It can. Do you know what I mean? So it's they'll probably keep this going for another couple of years anyway. One thing I would quite like to say is, has anyone watched the remakes, the Dob Zombie remakes? No, well, Chris has just put in the chat, watch the one with Buster Rhymes. What one's that? Yeah, the remakes. Oh, uh, no, wait, I don't know which one that is. Is that the way H2O Buster Rhymes is in? Is that, is that the one? Halloween Resurrection out in 2002. There you go. Mm-hmm. So the remakes made by Dob Zombie, like Michael Myers is like a seven foot giant in it, like Kane for the wrestling. It's quite cool. It's actually quite a good movie. I don't know if I've seen it. I can't. It all just kind of merges into one sometimes for me. Halloween stuff. It gives you it gives you a lot more background to like him in the mental hospital and like how he became so much of like a murderous psycho. And it's it, it leans more towards that he got made a psycho by being in the mental hospital rather than just being evil. If you know what I mean. Well, Chris says that Resurrection is basically just a bad comedy film, so we'll have to give that one a watch. I was just saying that, Daniel, the one that you're saying with him being a lot bigger is he's actually played by Tyler Mayne. Yeah, it's been the wrestling now. Wrestling Tyler Mayne, he's also an X, X-Men and Troy. He's just the big guy. That's how Tyler Mayne gets known by. Hunter, do you have any more trivia on this movie? Has everyone had their... Had their pitch on Halloween. Yes, I do have some. So uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was obviously hired for the film by John Carpenter, and that was a nod to Alfred Hitchcock because Jamie Lee Curtis's mum was hired for the film Psycho. Oh, is she the main woman in Psycho? I think so. Janet Lee. Wow. And uh, no, the budget for this film was three hundred thousand dollars in nineteen seventy-eight. It made $47 million at the box office back then, which in 2008, which is when this fact was lifted from, would have equated to $150 million, which is no bad in inflation for that. Obviously, I think how much it's probably made since then. And in 2008 as well, I think it was voted the fifth scariest film of all time by Entertainment Weekly. Wow. 
I can't think of much more that would be above it, possibly. Obviously, the Exorcist and Psycho, Psycho and The Shining, uh, possibly. Oh, The Shining. I love The Shining. Cool. Well, guys, that then, I think we've wrapped up Halloween pretty quickly there. Halloween has just literally been last night as well. So a good way for us to come to the end of the stream. But let's get our scores for this. See where this is in went on the leaderboard. Um, potentially something that may go a little bit higher than Nightmare on Elm Street. But we'll come to you first, Hunter. I, um, I think just for the shock factor, again, I basically watched all three of these yesterday. And I think because the descent shocked me that bit more. That I've literally scored that slightly higher, so it's a 3.5 for Halloween for me. A 3.5, and Daniel, of course, I did miss out on Instagram, totally forgot. Please jump in. <coughs> Tell me what Insta said about this. Uh, this got obviously the most votes, it's obviously the most well known. A couple of folk gave us pretty low scores. I think a lot of this will depend on what age you were when you first watched it, but I got a 3.5 overall, so the highest scoring of the three movies on Instagram. 3.5 and just continue on with your score for Halloween, please. Uh, yeah, I, I probably enjoyed watching The Descent more but because I've seen Halloween so many times, but for the appreciation of what it is and what it means to cinema more, I'm giving it a four as well. A four for that. And Burnsy? Um, I'm just going to score this slightly higher than The Descent. Yeah, I think my review kind of made it probably sound a bit worse than what it was, but um, it does... You need to appreciate how old it is and obviously how, how much other films have taken from it, so I'm going to give it a 2.75. A 2.75. Sean? Last one's been much the kind of same all night. I'm going to go with a 3 for this as well. A 3. Well, guys, I'm going to come in and score at my highest of the today. Um, again, based on how I feel and how my experience was throughout it, I'll give it a 4.5. Four this was class. Yeah. I would watch this again. Without it being Halloween, because I'm a badass. What's the <laughs> overall score for this, then, Burnsy? So that's overall a 3.55. A 3.55, which then doesn't overtake Nightmare on Elm Street, but it does, however, bring it up to 26 on our leaderboard, just below Moneyball and just above Birdman slash Milk. We should uh, strip out all the horror movies and stick them up on Instagram with all our scores as well this week. So you have top 10 in there now, eh? We've got so a we can definitely spark some debate with some of the scores on there, I think. Are we putting dark crimes in the horror section? No, nah, we should put a phone in the horror section. We should put dark crimes in Zulu Dawn in there just because it was horrible as the experience. <laughs> Dark Knight doesn't deserve a genre. Like, it's just, it's just <laughs> I think, guys, um, we should have like an anniversary um, of when we watch Dark Crimes, because that'll be coming up a year, not too long from it. We should watch it again with fresh eyes, see what the thoughts are. <laughs> I don't think I've put myself through it. No, I'd, I'd have my fresh eyes gouged out before the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, like, guys, as we just alluded there, it is coming up to a one-year anniversary of this. Um, and we are unfortunately not going to be streaming next Monday, um, which will be Monday the 8th. We are going to move that stream from Monday the 8th to Wednesday the 10th. Uh, Wednesday <coughs> the 10th will be our essentially our one-year anniversary. Um, 
So it'll be a good catch up, a good time to talk about what we've done throughout the last year. And we are going to be watching, finally, he did get selected. Uh, we are going to have Daniel's picks when it comes to the movies for next week. Daniel, yep. remind us, you let us know what were the movies that were selected? Uh, so yeah, I've done the 16 movies that I chose. It was quite, it was probably the closest voting we've ever had. And the most exciting voting we've probably ever had. Because every, almost every round seemed to be going down to one or two votes for every choice until we got to the final. Uh, so I was quite shocked by what ended up winning out of all the choices. But we've got uh, Django Unchained. So we've nearly completed Tarantino now. <laughs> Thanks, <Bob. laughs> But I think this one's the most unique out of all of these movies. So I'm interested to see what people think. I think, it might, I think both of these films might split the group. And then District 9, which I think is one of the most unique movies ever made. Um, so I'm interested to see what people think about that. And there we go. So that'll be the movies getting reviewed on Wednesday the 10th um, for Daniel to finally get his picks on our one-year uh, one anniversary. Um, so that does bring us towards the end of the stream. So just to recap, we have watched Halloween, which came in at a 3.55. The Descent, that came in at a 3.1. And I've totally forgot what I was there's Strangers, that came in at a 3.35. Chris has put Yas more feet. So we're getting more feet out of Django, are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember many feet scenes in Django, but the probably there's. <laughs> oh, there's Tarantino equals guaranteed feet. Guaranteed feet. Oh, Sean, Sean's in heaven. <laughs> um, so we... We typically would spin a wheel here to work out what's going to be the category as we start our voting ongoing. We had a little discussion pre-stream to what we're going to do, and I think we're going to do a little bit of a best of the rest that has missed out throughout the year. Put them in at 16, um, and then put them out there to voting, because we're choking to get True Romance on there, boys. Eh? True Romance is something that's going to be on that list 15 Boy. times. Well, it's not on any of the streaming anymore, but I'll pay for it if it, if it wins. <laughs> it's, uh, but there's a few films out there that have been uh, so close to getting there but never quite made it um, so watch out on our Instagram the socials are always, as always just below on the screen at the moment um, the podcast as well please make sure you guys have a listen on our podcast we are still on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music um, thanks to the 47 people that downloaded our podcast last week which is our best week yet since we've been doing them. Uh, that'll be up again for this week's episode in the next day or two. But that is it, guys. Anything else you want to add before we finish up today's stream? No, not me. No, well, Sean, finally horror weeks are over and done with. We can move on to something a little bit different. Um, and hopefully we won't get as much horror coming for the next couple of weeks, will we? I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's done. <laughs> no more horror films for at least a year. <laughs> until, next, until the next time when we fill the best of the rest. Oh, of just wait when we're stuck watching Hallmark Christmas movies, you'll be paying for uh, Halloween movies oh. to be back again. <laughs> when we've got Miracle on 34th Street followed by Elf. Oh. <laughs> anyway, guys, that is bringing us towards the end of the stream. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good night. Cheers. Yeah.